Welcome to the Next Level Communications podcast, the show that explores how to have more meaningful conversations and make real connections in business and in life. I'm your host, Eloise Leeson, founder of Olin, a Next Level Communication Consultancy. As a linguist, I'm passionate about helping people improve their ability to communicate. And on the show, we'll be discussing ideas and strategies to help you close the gap between what you think you're saying and what is actually being received by your customers. Effective communication takes empathy, self-awareness, and a commitment to seeing things from another person's perspective. My goal with this show is to get you talking about talking, thinking about brand, considering your language, and most importantly, focusing on that other person. Communication is at the heart of all relationships. My hope is that this show will help you nurture your connections through more conscious, impactful conversations. I am so glad that you are here. Hello and welcome to the Next Level Communications podcast episode four. My name is Eloise Lisson smith I am so thrilled that you are here. We are halfway through our season um, and as you might hopefully be able to tell, I am talking on my dad's podcast microphone. How is that for family business? Um, but today we are going to be talking all about your brand workshop. We're doing something a little bit different today. We are going to be doing more of a kind of a short and sweet concentrated episode episode where I want you to pretend that you and I are sitting across from each other at a kitchen table and I'm asking you all kinds of questions about your brand, about what you do, why you do what you do. And I'm going to leave some pauses in all the questions I'm about to ask you and you're going to have some time to write down the answer. Or you can do it totally differently. You can just sit there and visualize what comes up for you, make some notes as you go and then reflect later on. The choice is entirely yours. I would recommend grabbing some pen and pens of paper, maybe a, um, I mean, try and avoid a laptop or a screen if you can. One of these days we will get onto grippy versus slippy tools. Um, but for now, I think pen and paper is a great way to keep that focus and that concentration. Maybe you want to go for a walk by the woods, make some notes down as you go. The choice is always up to you. But I would get a beverage and a snack. I would grab a really lovely cup of tea um, or a cup of coffee or, you know, glass of water, big glass of water um, and some delicious snacks. And I would just make it really enjoyable. This is just you and me. And we're just going to have a think about you and your brand and what you do that is so incredibly special and unique. So get comfortable. Take a couple of deep breaths. Let those shoulders drop all the way down. If you can't tell, I used to be a spin coach. I said this in a workshop last week. I used to be a spin coach, which means I can very aggressively talk to complete silence um, in a very motivating sort of way. Um, but get down, get comfortable, get into a comfy chair, comfy seat. Uh, maybe it's a cushion on the floor. Just entirely up to you. Let your shoulders drop down. I don't know about you, but I always find mine to tend to creep up around my ears. Relax those shoulders down and away. Try and feel some expansion coming into your ribcage. And as I read out the following questions, I want you to just think without trying to force anything too much. One of the, the big reasons that I ask people to give me their first answer and not the perfect answer is because the first answer is usually the one that is most true to you at this moment in time. It doesn't mean that your answer won't change over time. That's entirely likely but it does mean that this is where you're at right now. And that's where we want to meet you, is to meet you, as I've said to my one of my amazing clients likes to say, I will meet you in the moment. So like I said, get comfy, settle down, and we are going to get into these questions. Just note down whatever comes up for you. There is no right or wrong answer here. It is just you getting deep into 
what makes you unique as a business owner, what success is like for you. What does that really mean? Um, and let's just see if we discover some fascinating insights along the way. So our first question, I would love for you to have a think about why you've chosen to pursue the work and the career that you do right now. What are you motivated by? What are some of the things that make you get out of bed in the morning? How would you describe yourself? How would you like to be described by other people? Remember, these are just first impressions. What are the six personal values that you hold most dear? And just to get your brain ticking on that one, because it's always super hard to start from a blank page, a personal value can be something like living every day on purpose or making sure that you make each moment as creative as possible. It could be, I believe in colour and I feel best and I'm surrounded by lots of colours. My poor husband can attest to this. Um, it might be that actually I want to be known, I want to be really famous. I want people to know who I am and that that's something that motivates me is the desire to be seen as an expert in my field. Um, I'm motivated by beauty. I'm, I'm motivated by creating beautiful things around me. I'm motivated by telling the truth you know, standing up to media conglomerates or shady governments and politics that just don't serve us as a human collective. Or I'm passionate about helping someone in a way that maybe is really subtle and they don't see. So what are those six personal values that you as an individual, not the ones you think you should put forward, not the ones that you think sound nice. I mean, the ones that genuinely matter to you. You have nothing to prove to anybody, so you might as well be honest with yourself. Who would you like to work with? Who would be a fabulous dream client for you? Some of my favourite clients, if you're listening, um, would involve the National Gallery of Scotland um, and the uh, fabulous coffee house Grind. That would be pretty cool. I love their millennial pink branding. Um, but which brands would you love to work with? What would be really exciting for you to kind of wake up and see that inbound message from their manager in your inbox saying, hey, I'd like you to come in and do X, Y and Z. What, what makes you feel really excited and expansive about that? You know, there will be reasons, there'll be some similarities in those clients. We'll get into that later. But who would you like to work with? Who is on your dream client list? And I should have said at the start of this podcast, you know, classic Eloise, I should have said that pause, feel free to pause this recording after each question for as long as you need to, to write down the answers that come to mind. Rather than give you long swathes of silence with all the questions here, I'll give you some pauses, but feel free to take as much time as you want to for yourself. Conversely, now that we've just had a think about, you know, who would you like to work with? Who or what kind of what kind of individual do you know that it would be difficult for you to do your best work for? So who would you like to not work with? Who would you rather avoid? And again, there's no right or wrong in this. There's no no one's gonna come in and check your answers, I promise. And if they do, you tell me and I will tell them off. But what looks what what would be counterintuitive for you? What wouldn't align well with your values, your ethics and your morals? How would you like to be described to other people by your clients and your peers? So you're not in the room, but what would you like people to say about you behind your back? 
This is one of my favorite questions. What would you like your legacy to be relative to the work that you do? So think about that for a second. What impact do you want to have on the people who come after you? Is it industry-wide? Is it sector-specific? Is it, hey, I just want to show up so that my kids can inherit some generational wealth? That's cool too. Or maybe you don't have children and that's when you're like, actually, my legacy is going to be in the charities or the trusts or the, the reputation that I build for myself. Maybe it's for, you know, nieces and nephews or kids at school or people that you mentor. It can be anything. But what would you like your legacy to be relative to your work right now? And if what you're doing right now is kind of a, an in-between moment for you, that's just fine. Think more broadly. What would you love to be known for? What would you like people to say about you when they're talking about what you achieved over the course of your career? Also, maybe it's not so much career, but like, hey, I'd like to be known for being a good human. That's a really great thing to aspire to as well. And frankly, I think we should all be aspiring to being good humans. But coming back to the immediate term and conversely, what work feels most necessary and satisfying for you? And don't just limit that to what you're doing in your everyday right now, because you, you might be a new freelancer who's just getting their feet wet in, in the industry. And actually what you're doing is maybe not the most exciting nine to five ever right now, but maybe you you're doing work outside of that that feels really necessary. Or conversely, maybe it's how many times can one woman say conversely in a podcast asking for a friend? Um, but on the opposite side, maybe people um, want to consider actually, do you know what? I'm doing the side hustle thing right now. I am currently in a job that I, I'm, I'm good with, but I don't want to do forever. And I'm doing work outside of that. that I'm not yet getting paid for, but I'm setting the found, I'm laying the foundation. I'm, I'm setting the bar high for what I want to do once I'm ready to make that leap. So what work feels most necessary, most purpose-driven, and what makes you feel satisfied at the end of the day? What work are you really proud to put your finger down on and say, that, that was me, I did that. And obviously, once we talk about the kind of work that's necessary and satisfying, we've got to talk about your success. So what would real success look like a year from now, three years from now? What does it look like today? How can you make today feel successful? I'm so excited about everyone's answers, by the way. I kind of wish we were all in a room together having some nice drinks and just chatting about how awesome your brand are. Your brand are, your brand is. She's so good at this podcast thing, you guys. Um, but what would success, what would it, real success, not shiny numbers and metrics necessarily. I mean, if that is real success for you, power to you. If it's something different, like, hey, actually, do you know what? I want a little apartment in Copenhagen so that I can spend my Christmases and my summers there. Um, that's beautiful. That's real success just as much as anything else. Um, and how are you defining? This is the kind of follow up question. How are you defining that success? What is success on your terms? And because they're not the same thing, when have you been and when are you happiest at work? What are the moments where you catch yourself thinking, oh, I'm really glad to be here. I'm really happy I'm doing this. Or as I like to call them, pinch me moments, pinch me, I can't believe I get to do this for work. What are those moments for you? And what makes working with you different to someone working in your field or your sector. So obviously I work in the realm of communications, but one of the things that makes me a little bit different is my linguistic background. What are the things, the experiences, the intersection of your qualities and your approaches that make you different from another person who does what you does, who does what you does, who does what you do? What is that all important difference? And it doesn't need to be wildly different. Because we're also going to think about your results and the impact that you have. But, you know, 
Is it the way that you go about something that drives that impact and that result? Is it how welcome you make people feel when they come to meet you for the first time? Have a think about those things because they're there. I know it's hard. I know it's really hard, but they are there. How do you think others perceive you right now? Are you happy with that first impression? And if you're not happy, or maybe this is a better way to phrase it, if you were to meet yourself for the first time, what would you think? I used to ask that one to my students when I was working at the University of Aberdeen, and a lot of them would sort of turn slightly shocked faces back on me, and then someone went, actually, I think I'm pretty rad. So hopefully you have some of that person's confidence when you come up with an answer for this question. But how do you think others perceive you? How would you perceive yourself if you met you for the first time? And are you happy with that? Would you like to change it? And if so, how would you like to be perceived? Are there any communicators out there that you really admire? So we're moving more into the realms of like communication now and communication styles and preferences. But are there any maybe public speakers? Are there any TED Talk wizards out there who have just done brilliant, brilliant work and that you really admire? Are there thought leaders slightly get the book when I say that phrase, but are there any thought leaders or um, business professionals or, um, you know, company owners, public figures? Who is it that inspires you and you think, oh yeah, that person is pretty rad. So my, my current top favourites are Stephen Bartlett, obviously kind of goes without saying. Um, I am a huge fan of Ed Milet. Um, I just think he's got a lovely way of, of creating very expansive, powerful, motivational conversations. And I'm a huge fan of Tara Schuster. I really hope I'm saying that right, um, who wrote a brilliant book called Buy Yourself the Effing Lilies. Um, you, can, you can imagine the word I'm substituting there. Um, but these people are all amazing communicators. They've all got very different styles. Um, so think about the people that you see in the public sphere. Who is doing a really good job of communicating something powerful and impactful? It might be like, hey, actually, it's a TV series that I love right now because they're making me feel things that I hadn't like really felt for a long time, or I'm being forced to see something in a new way. I mean, David Attenborough, there's a fabulous example of an incredible public communicator. So have a think. What are the things that really make you tick when it comes to receiving communications from other people? And what gives you more, most confidence? Like how, when do you feel the most confident when you are communicating? When do you have most energy as a communicator? Are you someone who feels fired up by getting on your brain thoughts on paper, your brain thoughts by getting your thoughts on paper, doing a brain dump on paper um, when you're writing, presenting? Are you good in meetings? Are you amazing at presentations? Are you fabulous at standing up in front of a crowd? Or does that give you like the, abs- the absolute fear? That's good too. Do you love a, a witty one or two liner on social media? Are you someone who can make an Instagram story that would make the angels weep? Where is your confidence? Like, where is your communication sweet spot? I would absolutely love to know. And I think that would really help you in terms of like, how do you lean into your strengths as a communicator? Conversely, there it is again. When do you have least energy? When do you feel most depleted when you're trying to communicate? And that might be in a communication style. It might be that actually it's when you're, you're, communicating to someone who doesn't necessarily understand what you do or doesn't see the value in what you do. It might be that you're presenting to a room of people and they're not giving you anything back in terms of body language. They might be a a really tough crowd. That could cause you to feel depleted. Is it a day of video meetings and you're like, oh my gosh, I just, I haven't moved all day. I'm dehydrated. I'm really tired. I can't do this. I know it's not a fun thing to focus on, but if you can figure out what makes you feel just crappy, 
when you've been communicating all day, then you can make plans to avoid it. So have a think about when you don't like a particular kind of comm style. Which brands and which businesses, and do really do think about this, which brands and which businesses are really nailing their marketing, in your opinion? Who is doing an absolutely stellar job of making you feel excited about their brand, their mission, their vision, their goals? Are they able to communicate it quickly and concisely? Now, these are things that are valuable, generally speaking, but what is it that that makes you tick? What is it that makes it good for you? Remember, this whole exercise is entirely about how you love to work, what's important to you. And obviously, I'm speaking very much to my solopreneurs, my fellow consultants, my fellow business owners. Um, but this is also really valuable just to listen to as a team. You know, send it to your team. How how do you want to improve comms internally? This is a really great place to start thinking about how well you work together and what, what you know, lights you up as marketers can be really valuable to share with other people so that you both, you all get, you both, all both of the people in the team, that you all get this understanding of how you love to be engaged with, how you love to communicate and what it is that you want to be aligned with when you move forward. So when you think about this from a, uh, an internal team perspective, if you've got a bunch of marketers who are uh, all sort of excited and inspired by different kinds of campaigns, it's kind of like using the same words but having very subtly different meanings for them. Thinking about how you can share some of the insights from what we're doing right now could be a really great way of actually bringing yourselves closer as a marketing team, as a comms team. And just thinking about, you know, well, hey, actually, I realise that this person's version of success or a bold, bright campaign is actually far more out there than I would normally go for, but that's clearly a strength of theirs. So there's a little side note for you chaps there. What is your number one communication concern? What is your your big fear here? Really think about this. Because it could be any number of things. It could be, I mean, a lot of people very naturally fear not being understood. A lot of people fear that it's going to take too much time for them to communicate, for the communication to be effective or meaningful. A lot of times people might be scared that they will be vulnerable and get dismissed. So what is your number one communication concern here? And I don't mean in a way that is, it doesn't always need to be business focused, but do you have any anxiousness or um, concern or frustration around not having your comms received in the way that you intended them to be? Have a think about that. And now, because we never want to just stop by thinking about a problem, what is the biggest thing maybe preventing you from breaking this block down for yourself? Could it be that if you're afraid of having vulnerable conversations with people or vulnerability in conversation makes you just gives you the ick? What could be a block preventing you from dissolving that obstacle? What could be getting in the way of you getting past that fear? If it's fear of being misunderstood, what's the block to you believing you are a clear communicator? What could that be? It might be self-doubt, might be resistance to changing your communication style, any number of different things. But have a think about it. And then kind of this is definitely a question we've touched on at the moment, but when you're communicating with other people, so not so much like broadcasting comms, but really more that intimate one-to-one or one-to-several group chats and one-on-one calls, what are the frustrations that you have there? Do you hate being interrupted? That's a really good place to start. Maybe you hate being interrupted. Maybe you hate being left the last on the agenda. Maybe you don't like it when someone, myself included, hogs the room. 
You know, one of the things that cause you frustration, this kind of degree of self-awareness that you're building means that you can identify potential obstacles in the future and then find ways of communicating your brand that sidestep and navigate the things that cause you to feel bogged down. So what are your priorities then when it comes to communication? You probably got a really good idea already about what your priorities are. Um, but think about them from a, what are my goals here? Am I trying to convey understanding? Am I trying to explain complex concepts? Am I trying to capture new customers? Am I trying to um, delight, inspire and entertain? You know, if you're a fictional writer or a journalist of some kind, your job is the job of telling stories. So what is your goal there? Is the story to be just sweeping people away? Is it to make people think about something new? What are the factors in there? What are your priorities? What can cause you to feel a little bit stressed in the pursuit of that priority? It might be some of the things we've spoken about already. Have a little think about where there might be some overlap or friction. What could cause friction in in the, the pursuit of that comms goal? Have a think about it. And then finally, what communication qualities do you admire the most in other people? So Carl Jung, and I, you know, obviously popular psychology, he was a brilliant man, lots of very interesting insights and theories. Um, I don't always subscribe to the kind of archetype. I think it's quite an easy way to box people up and pigeonhole folks. But I do find his approach to the shadow work and the golden shadow work very interesting. And one of my favourite explanations of golden shadows is also harps back to my quite regular feeling of envy, where I see people out there doing incredible things that I would really love to have for myself. So when it comes to the communication qualities you admire in other people, the, the kind of the concept of golden shadows is that when you see qualities you really admire and love in other people, that you're ready to step into having that quality for yourself. So I would like for you to think about, well, who does a really good job of sharing ideas and communicating different concepts? Who communicates in a way that makes me feel something so profound with six words? I mean, was it Ernest Hemingway? Baby shoes for sale, never worn. Woof right in the fields. So have a think about like, what is it that you, is it brevity? That's obviously not my strong suit, but is it brevity? Is it emotion? Is it clarity of meaning? Is it the way that they weave a spell with their words around you? Because those are qualities that if you're admiring other people, you might just be ready to add to your repertoire as well. So I know this is me asking you a lot of questions, um, but I always ask these questions in advance of my clients when it comes to doing their brand work, because this degree of kind of building self-awareness and building a kind of concept, a conscious concept of language is something that, that is called, well, it's called metalinguistics, talking about talking and finding a way to talk to yourself about how you like to talk. is just a really interesting exercise. I would absolutely love to know if you've ever done anything like this before? Have you ever done these exercises? Um, or have you actually just kind of bypassed them? Did you know all this already? If so, high five to you, you absolute badass. Um, but are there, you know, things that you've learned about yourself that have surprised you? Inquiring minds would love to know. So I'm going to leave you there with your initial kind of self-reflection brand scoping workshop. And the answers that you get for this, we're going to explore in the next episode in terms of how you make them make sense, not just for you, but for your customers as well. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, I am so glad that you are here.